Please note, nothing in this podcast is or may be construed as medical advice of any kind. As explained in the medical disclaimer section of One Hit Away Foundation's website at www.onehitaway.org, we are not doctors, therapists, or health care providers. We act only as a source of information that you may choose to use in seeking actual health care services from licensed health care professionals. Hello and welcome to the One Hit Away podcast series. I'm Darren Sidibaka and the co-founder of One Hit Away Foundation, which is the only nonprofit organization in the country that is dedicated to brain healing and brain health and sports-related concussions, and I might add, sub-concussions. If you're interested in learning more about brain healing therapies for sports-related concussions, this is the right place, and we thank you for your interest. And also, if, if, if sports has been a part of your life, then you know that everyone is really just one hit away from a sports-related concussion. Yep, that invisible injury that is really plaguing today's athletes and their families. We see it all the time, and that's why we are here. Today we have a wonderful podcast opportunity with a a wonderful guest. Uh, The title of the podcast is today is The Power of Changing the Way One Thinks While Their Journey of Brain Healing is in Progress. Um, So that's something a little bit different, the power of changing the way one thinks while on the way to their journey of brain healing. It's very powerful and something that people, we wanted to bring to our listeners, so hopefully you enjoy this session. Today we'll be having a discussion about what we call the conscious and non-conscious minds, brains per se, with Dr. Kathleen Mojis and explore the importance of identifying the root of the issue that may prevent you from and the productive brain from healing. Dr. Kathleen Mojis is a clinical psychologist with over 20 years of experience working with relationship issues, trauma, depression, anxiety, and addictive or compulsive behaviors. Dr. Mojis received her BA from UCLA, her PhD in psychology from California Graduate Institute. She's trained in several cutting-edge trauma processing techniques, such as EMDR, EFT, and somatic experiencing, which she's going to talk about. Uh, she has had the opportunity to train in London and England with master EFT practitioners. Integrating this effective new therapy into her work deepened and accelerated healing for her clients. She is skilled in the mind and body therapy, somatic experiencing, and was recently certified in rapid resolution therapy. All of these therapies are based on tapping into the body's innate ability to heal and overcome the effects of trauma. Dr. Mojis has presented in workshops on these subjects and appeared on numerous national talk and news shows. In addition, she has contributed articles and quotes to over 25 publications ranging from Parenting Magazine, Los Angeles Times, the Journal of Couples Therapy, etc. Dr. Mojis uh, has her practice in Southern California. That's one reason we're on a telephone conversation today and is also a member of the One Hit Away Foundation Advisory Council. We're proud of it. So welcome, Dr. Mojis. Thank you. Thank you. Right, nice introduction. Good. Well, thank you. I'm glad it worked. Um, <laughs> okay, let's let's set this up properly for our listeners. Um, you do a tremendous amount of emotional work out there. And gosh, that seems to be such an integral part of the brain healing journey that we've seen. Tell our listeners why what you call the therapy revolution is a brain science evolution. What does that really mean for our listeners out there? 
Oh, my goodness. Um, mostly because we probably learn more about the brain and how it heals and how you can shift and how neuroplasticity and rewire your those those neural pathways in the last 10 to 20 years than we have in the, in the past 200. Um, so we also have uh, functional MRIs and ways for us to actually see the brain and see how certain treatments are helping or not helping with uh, brain healing. So it's, it's a really, really exciting time, I think, to be working in psychology and um, healing the brain on any level, whether it's um, you're a trauma therapist or not. So let's get back to that question more briefly. I mean, what you really said is that because of the tremendous technology to see more of the brain today, we now have a better tool for you as a, as a clinical psychologist to, to, to really get a handle on the emotional consequences quicker. Yeah. And, and also to see for that person which interventions are, are helping the most you can be the most effective. That's key because, as you know, these, these wonderful, you know, these, these wonderful people who have these traumas that occur just don't want to experiment and see what gets better. They really need someone to help them really in a quick fashion. So it's just refreshing to hear. Um, these therapies yeah. that you are an expert in are designed to tap in what we call the brain's ability to overcome effects of trauma. If you don't mind, can you take a moment and talk about the word trauma and what that means? And as you know so well, that is a very strong word. It can mean many things to many people depending on their state of mind per se. So if you can kind of clear that up for our listeners on what you deal with. Of course. Yeah, I think to keep it simple, it's basically any experience that overwhelms your ability to cope in a healthy way. And the younger you are, the easier to be traumatized or the more physically vulnerable you are. And certainly, if you've had a, a brain trauma, um, you're going to be more prone to having PTSD for future experiences because your ability to cope has been greatly compromised. Hmm. So basically, it's a roadblock. It stops everything. It just, just the, the cognitive functions don't work that well because it's overwhelmed. That's correct. And you're less able to keep yourself, you know, safe in the future because you're hypervigilant, you're in uh, sympathetic dominance, you're probably over-perceiving danger where it isn't, and you're actually coping more poorly once you've had a trauma that you haven't healed. Is there an, somewhat, I'm going off track a little bit, is there an empirical gauge that you've got to have regarding degree of trauma, one to 10, 10 being the worst, one being okay? Is there something you put in place for individuals who are facing trauma, traumatic experience? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a completely customized personal thing because what can completely traumatize and overwhelm one person, another might cope with, with resilience. So it completely depends on the person and the experience and their coping abilities at the time and their support system at the time. That sounds very familiar because, as, as you know, the work we do at One Hit Away, there's no concussion injury that's the same. Everyone's faced with different symptoms and emotional consequences and biological issues. Not exactly. They can have the same scan and have completely different symptoms. Yeah. Right. right. Wow. Okay. Um, so do you have four therapies that you specialize in? And I know this is new to our listeners. I know it is because it's just this is a cutting-edge work that you do in emotions. It's, it's EFT, which you'll define, EMDR, you'll define, RRT and SE. 
define those first, and then what one or two have you experienced to be the most helpful and needed with patients who have had post-concussions, uh, well, not post, but past concussions, that are still battling with the emotional symptoms from these concussions? So if you can define those first and kind of say, well, these are the two or one that I really have more success with in treating that. Sure. Um, yeah, all of these help to process traumatic emotional experiences. Um, so they're not they're not really for, for specifically for you know traumatic brain injuries, but they can help people regulate emotionally, which is obviously extremely important once you've had a head injury. Um, EMDR is uh, short for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, and basically that's just a fancy term for. Um, you would be, you basically follow my fingers back and forth. You move your eyes from left to right, and that's forcing the brain to attend to left brain, right brain, left brain, right brain, while you're focused on the troubling event. And what it does is it kind of helps to bring new information and I think create that more parasympathetic response so that whatever was triggering you now no longer feels um, as much of a threat. Okay, guys, I, I, I got to stop you there. What is parasympathetic response to our listeners? What, can you repeat that? What is what? The, the parasympathetic response that you talked okay, about. Okay, well, that is, you know, the autonomic nervous system is made up of the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So uh, the sympathetic is what kicks in whenever we're frightened or we're angry, and it causes, it's, we go into that fight or flight response. So digestion stops, breathing gets shallow, blood rushes to your extremities, um, immune system stops, everything shuts down so you can punch or run and protect yourself because there's a survival instinct there. Um, parasympathetic is hopefully where we would be most of the time unless we did need a sympathetic response. So parasympathetic is relax and restore. It's when you're, you're sort of at rest and you're just, you know, going through, going through your day. Uh, unfortunately, if you've had PTSD or, or a traumatic brain injury, you can literally get stuck in sympathetic dominance. It's like your foot's always on the gas, never on the brake. And so you have cortisol going through your system, adrenaline, um, and that causes inflammation and wreaks all kinds of havoc. So Very most of most the coping, uh, um, all the healthy coping that I try to teach is how to get more parasympathetic dominant. So that they're sort of have a, some brain science behind them, evidence-based showing that these will get your parasympathetic back online so that you can get out of that fight or flight sympathetic dominance. Okay. Um, tell us about RRT and SE. So, so RRT is rapid resolution therapy. That's basically um, a trauma hypnosis technique. Um, all the therapies that I do sort of help to change the way you're representing the troubling incident in your brain, in your mind. We can't change the past, but we can change the way you're holding it in mind. And RRT is an amazing therapy. It really helps. There's some really wonderful protocols to help shift um, anybody who uh, is struggling with some traumatic event and it's sort of just gotten stuck there. Um, and then somatic experiencing is a basically it's a it's a more of a body centered approach to healing trauma. It helps the body to come out of that um, survival hypervigilant sympathetic mode, so that you can be more calm and confident and present. Uh, Peter Levine uh, began somatic experiencing many years ago, and um, it, it was a really intensive training, and it's 
it just helped me to get all my therapies sort of grounded more in the body because that is where your sympathetic and parasympathetic is. Hmm. Fascinating. So EMDR seems to be the centerpiece from what you just said in a short piece about really the emotional trauma or emotional uh, imbalance people get with having concussions or created by concussions. seems like EMDR is a big part of it. What would be the, uh, of the other three left, which one would be the other one that you'd use? Also? Um, the one that I didn't mention yet, which is the EFT, emotional right. freedom technique. Um, if I was to recommend for someone to learn one technique, I would say it's EFT because it's something that, that's the most amazing self-help technique. I can empower my clients by teaching them to do this, and then they don't have to be sitting with me to process something or to calm themselves down and get back into parasympathetic. Um, so emotion focused, um, emotional freedom technique is, I, I think, really powerful. It basically does create that relaxation response. It deactivates the amygdala, which is the part that tells you whether or not you should feel threatened uh, in the limbic system. It changes your brainwave activity. So you go from like high beta anxiety to um, some nice alpha, which is a more meditative, calm, alert state. Um, and because it changes your brainwave activity, it creates a cognitive shift. So if you had been really angry and upset at something that happened, all of a sudden now you can kind of see the other side or look at it differently and have more objectivity. Uh, it also balances serotonin and dopamine. So it has a tremendous amount of um, positive effect. And it's it's, uh, it looks silly, but it's very profound in, 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 in how effective it is. Um, it's basically you um, identify where you have these acupressure points that the Chinese have been saying we have for 5,000 years. And when you tap on these acupressure points, they are more electrically conductive than other areas of your skin. That's been scientifically validated. And we've also scientifically validated that we do have a meridian system, which the Chinese have been saying for 5,000 years. Um, so as we tap on these acupressure points, it's kind of like accessing uh, the electricity in your wall through your light socket at these acupressure points. And as you tap, you are um, sort of moving the energy in, these, in this meridian system. And the meridian system uh, corresponds to every organ in your body. And so it really helps to get your energy moving and flowing. We know from quantum physics that, um, and, and just, our biology, our, the mitochondria and ourselves all vibrate at a certain frequency. Everything is about energy. We are basically energy beings. It's just, if you go to the doctor, you know, you get an EEG, an EKG, an MRI. They're measuring the electromagnetic system, but they don't ever give you an, an energy intervention. It's always, you're always hmm. treated like you're a bag of chemicals or some, something right. to just a meat sack that we're going to cut open. Oh, uh, <laughs> but uh, EFT is an energy intervention. So it really does help with physical and emotional issues. Well, you get something that's dear to our hearts. The One Hit Away Foundation, we talk a lot about hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and the reason why we utilize it with many of our wonderful uh, recipients is because it does just that. It re-energizes what we call the mitochondria, and you mentioned that. And mm -hmm. uh, to have the ability to turn on the mitochondria again and in, in, the, in, the, in the existence of toxins and inflammation is so key because that's, what, that's what's missing during the time of damage, as you know so well. So you said something that's near and dear to our heart is energizing 
that mitochondria and those very strong energy points for our brain and our in our psyche. That's fabulous. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. What what is so it sounds like this is pretty safe. It's not like you're taking a needle in your hand or anything. Where can some of our listeners get more information on this besides your own website, which I'll tell them more about later. Anything particular that you would refer to them to? Uh yeah, EFTUniverse.com is uh the main website, but you can Great. go on YouTube and just put in EFT for anger or EFT for anxiety and there's gonna be tons of uh, videos come up and you can just tap along with someone learn learn the points i think i have a video on there um and it's really effective i mean most of my clients initially find it more effective to do it with me until they get the hang of it and then they become you know they get better and better at it's actually it's a really simple technique it's not always that easy and people often worry about whether they're doing it right but i have to say it's incredibly forgiving as long as you're basically in the area of where that acupressure point is and you're focused in on whatever's bothering you you're going to get a shift. Love it. That's just great. Great tool. Thank you very much for bringing that to our attention. Yeah. Um, so as you know so well, sports-related concussions and sub-concussions can, can really cause neurological, what we call metabolic havoc. Can you take a moment and share with our listeners what emotional symptoms, back to the emotional symptoms, most correlate with two or three of the major regions of the brain? What I'm trying to share with our listeners is, is that some people constantly get hit in the back of the head, the side of the head, the front of the head. Uh, maybe it's from underneath their chin. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on the sports that they're involved with, and, and typically, have you seen in your experience over 20 plus years um, any correlation to this to the part of the head and the kind of emotion that are, is constantly in front of that person because of that that portion of the head that's getting hit so often? Yeah, I would say um, it's sort of the frontal lobe that. It probably has the, you know, the biggest impact in terms of affecting executive functioning, those higher level functioning, the ability to pay attention and focus, and make decisions, problem solve, memory judgment, um, have control of your impulses, and most importantly, it's sort of where your your sense of personality is. So um, people, especially, I think, have it's devastating to feel like they've kind of lost themselves. They're not who they used to be their personality may be more intensified or sort of flattened. Um, it takes so you know, it takes a long time to heal or try to get some back to some sense of a new normal. Um, and then there's, you know, the temporal lobes where you, you have um, you're more likely to have aggressive issues if you've gotten hit there. Um, and the, the area of the brain that I'm mostly working with when I sit in front of the client is the limbic system, which is where, the amygdala is in that sense of fight or flight or threat. And that's, as I said, often when that's damaged um, uh, along with the, the hippocampus, you have those memory problems and you have, uh, you might get stuck in aggressive behaviors a lot. Um, you're always in fight or you're in flight or you're kind of just dissociated and shut down. Um, you, you mentioned, you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you mentioned something that's a, I'm going to use this kind of a play on words, a highlight that we see a lot in what we call spec imaging. And spec imaging really is a great way, as you know, it looks around blood flow in the brain. And even though the brain may be physically looking pretty good, what it does show you is that it shows that the limbic system and certain of our recipients is fired up. And because even though physically there is something that's going okay, but psychologically the limbic system is still fired up. And that's what you're talking about, right? Exactly, exactly. I think, I think Eamon calls it the ring of fire. Yeah, <laughs> um, but exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. You know, since yeah. we're on the brain itself, we, we run into um, the kind of we walk in and talk a lot about the four spheres of the brain uh, for mental health and those four spheres being biological, psychological, social, and spiritual. Um, tell me more about how your work with EFT, MDR, RTFT, how that works with any one of those four, if not all four, biological, psychological, social, and spiritual being really kind of the, the, the real essence of mental health all being in, in, a, in, a, you know, in a normal pattern. Can you help us with that? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, uh, of course, obviously this, the psychological is probably the leading source of disability with a traumatic brain injury. Um, the normal population has probably a 15 to 25% incidence of depression, whereas uh, people with a traumatic brain injury, it's more like 44%. Um, also, anxiety, OCD, panic disorder, um, and uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, are all really um, heightened in that in that population. So, um, and it, you know, it's a sense of I think I think it's just that devastating feeling of like I've lost myself, especially if you have a big change in your abilities and your personality. What you, you, you can't you don't feel like you can be who you used to be. Um, and so that's very important to pay you know a, a lot of attention and care. To a person's subjective sense of that, um, because that's going to go down a really bad path to depression if they don't have the right support and they're not uh, being, you know, given tools to cope with how to, you know, perceive things and um, sort of create a sense of I can get better. There's got to be some hope. There's there's got to be a focus on what you can do and the improvements you're making, not on what you can't do anymore. Um, gratitude is very, very important. Um, and then socially, you know, they have to be encouraged to stay connected to mm. their support mm. system. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is it, so, so surprising to people how important that one is. Um, according to social neuroscientists, the lonely brain is uh, constantly on high alert. It's oh. always in that sympathetic dominance. It makes it harder to sleep. It makes it harder to self-regulate. Uh, it has profound effects on our our health and our brain health, uh, even more than diet, exercise, or if you're a smoker, which is surprising to most people. But staying socially connected, I mean, we are tribal people. We are wired to connect, and you need to feel like you have safe others, you know, to connect with, especially when you're feeling impaired and really vulnerable. You, having that sense of community and then, and having that sense that someone is there to support you and help you um, can make all the difference in the world. We always uh, ask that question. It's interesting because we have this one. We have an intake form, and one of the major questions we ask is, "Who's your support cast? Um, whether it's uh, teams, family members, friends, doctors, who's your support cast you're in contact with? Because we cannot believe." a lot of the lonely brains out there that we do see. And it's just so hard for them to get on track for brain healing. Well, you hit it right on the head. That's perfect. Absolutely. because And, and then it gets worse if they're um, traumatic, if they have a TBI, because then they isolate more because they're wow. not functioning well. And so it just is a negative, vicious cycle. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. It's really true. Let's talk and, about something and, that – go ahead, hon. Go ahead. Did you want me to hit on the – Biological and the spiritual. Yes, please. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, cool. <laughs> no problem. Um, okay, so spiritual is important. 
of course, believing in a benevolent being who's looking out for you always is better than feeling alone in a cold, cruel right. world. Yeah. Um, you know, but you don't have to just be a part of a religious community or a church. Um, you know, just having spiritual beliefs, uh, engaging in meditation practices, having that sense of oneness with others and our environment. Um, all of that is going to help us with parasympathetic dominance. Um, and then, of course, biological and the psychological are very tied together because I consider like what I do uh, when I'm helping people heal from traumatic experiences is um, it's a, a neural rewiring that's happening. You know, we're changing the way that neural pathway and how they are holding an experience in their mind. And um, so biologically, I'm working to help them bring their heart rate down and to, to have, learning how to deep breathe and breathe so that they can bring their parasympathetic online. There's heart rate variability breathing is amazing and really helpful with that. I can talk about that more later. Um, also, um, doing all the things that help physically. You can use, you know, supplements, brain exercises, um, pulse electromagnetic frequency devices, PEMF, um, just learning how to manage your stress. Um, anything that you're doing emotionally that's calming and soothing is biologically helping with that parasympathetic dominance. Keep it simple, keep it direct, and stay disciplined on these tools. It seems like that seems to be your mantra when you finally figure out with the, with the recipient what's working, you encourage that mantra, simple, direct, and focused, and things will change. Yeah, a lot of repetition. It's, that's yeah. how we re- rewire stuff. That we, you know, we used to think that once you were out of childhood, that's it. Your brain doesn't change, and now we know that's not true at all. Yes. You can always have neuroplasticity. Even with uh, TBI, they used to say after six months, don't expect any improvement. But um, that's not true. You can, you know, the people who work really hard and continue to um, repeatedly do those exercises stay socially connected, psychologically help with their coping skills, all that stuff gets easier and better. Their self-regulation gets better. They're, right. you know, they, they make improvements. It's great stuff. Um, you mentioned a word that we use lightly in our business sometimes. It's coping skills a lot, and I know that that's a big part of your work. <laughs> uh, one of the first things that we think that we see at, at One Hit Away Foundation is this is a huge topic because – Typically, we find that the first item of importance for an effective athlete is to determine if they're able to cope and actually stay steady on the brain healing journey that's set up or the plan for them that, that's set up for them and to have cognitive discipline to carry that forth, which obviously mm-hmm. can require some tools such as their support cast and so forth like that to be with them. Your comments on the topic of emotional imbalance and how that interferes with coping skills? Um, yeah, that is a tough one because if you're, um, if you have a, a frontal lobe injury and you are more impulsive and you are far more emotional and you like, you can just be sitting there and all of a sudden start crying and not know why or have really inappropriate outbursts or reactions to things. Um, it, it's, it can become, you know, really debilitating for someone and, um, it's hard, it's harder for them not only to cope, but to even feel like they, to remember a coping strategy to use because of memory impairment. So you have to do a lot of writing things down. Uh, you have to do a lot of accepting that you're going to be a lot more fatigued and you you can't really, it's harder with a brain injury just to push past it. Like you might, if you're at the gym working on your biceps, 
Right. Um, you're, in fact, you should not do that. You should rest when you feel like you've, you're getting overwhelmed because it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to be overstimulated and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So you should stay away from fluorescent lights, crowds, cell phones, computers, anything that can kind of upset that, um, you know, the balance in terms of your ability to cope versus the stimulation and or what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's great advice. Fantastic advice. Some people think I need to go work out to kind of, you know, just just to make sure I'm okay and I get back into my and it just it just fuels the fire. Um, yeah. So what yeah, we see is affected athletes suffering from symptoms of the sports related concussions. Uh, they have in generally a, in common a low energy and determination. So when they come to us, they have low energy, low determination, kind of in a hopeless phase. Am I, am I, is my identity ever going to change to where I thought I was? And you know, other than the physical contribution to their set, setback, they are in dire need of emotional strength and energy to keep them on the process of healing. How do you suggest to our listeners that they can that this can occur more comfortably? Uh, basically, someone maybe I'm asking you for a common fabric of advice how they can make sure make sure they have emotional strength and determination to get the stay on the path. Well, I think actually one of the most important things is acceptance that you have a traumatic brain injury. Uh, yeah. Um, because um, most people get so have so much frustration comparing themselves to who they were before the injury. Right. When um, that can be very discouraging, you know, and make you feel hopeless or want to give up. It's so important to focus on what you can do and the improvements mm-hmm. that you're making, where you're at now. Um, and to make sure you're getting support and help with anything like depression or anxiety. Um, don't compare your old self to your new self. Just sort of look look forward and try to stay as present as possible. You are on a new path, and it's very important to have that acceptance. It's a new path, and it can lead to opening yourself up to finding a lot more peace if you have that acceptance. So when you say stay, when you say stay present, and I think that you and I are saying the same thing by basically honor your progress, right? Honor your progress. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think and, that so uh, many, so many of our recipients don't understand how much progress they're making from where they started, and they forget to honor that and, and know that they're on their way, and that that kind of self energizes them once that gets through. Oh yeah, you're you're far more motivated if you're focusing on progress than on what you've lost. You can stay motivated. You can stay on the path if you have that that attitude and you have the right support structure and the right strategies that, that are working best for you. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, uh, you know the answer to this question, but it's a question we need to ask for our listeners because they need to hear this because um, we see this a lot sometimes because sometimes the wrong direction is taken. But what type of emotion or emotions trigger a brain healing recipient into the wrong direction of addictive or self-indulgence with substances, alcohol, drugs, et cetera. What do you see that is really kind of the one or two emotions that trigger that wrong direction? Yeah, it's definitely that dangerous combination of having uh, so much anxiety, so much depression uh, combined with impulsivity and poor, that poor impulse control means you're going to just grab the first thing that sounds good to you. Um, And that's, it's easy for that to be, you know, drugs or alcohol. Um, 
So the more healthy coping you have and the more practice you have with healthy coping um, and the more support you have, the less likely you are to fall into that. So you mentioned the word anxiety. You know, you and I both know in today's society it's used very commonly by younger generation than we've ever seen before uh-huh. and more so by anybody ever, I think, and that we've seen in the last couple of decades. And anxiety is a loosely used term, but, boy, when I hear the word anxiety, my brain goes, yikes. And, um, you know, that that seems to be this first spark that's in people who have sports-related concussions. They have this high sense of anxiety that, that they just never felt before. Explain what that what the feeling to our listeners and the, and the danger of not controlling that emotion. Um, because I don't want people to understand it from your eyes and what you see. Yeah, that's that sympathetic dominance that I was talking uh, about, yeah. where they're sort of stuck in fight or flight mode, uh, where there's a feeling of threat. And so they can't calm down. They, they can't self-soothe. They're constantly feeling on edge and hypervigilant. And it's a, it's a horrible feeling. And it's, of course, you know, difficult. It makes it a lot more difficult to cope if you have a brain injury that make, and that, that area of the brain is unable to calm down. It takes a lot of work to get, to get everything back in balance. And that's that doing everything that helps with Parasympathetic dominics, and I and if I if you want me to go through the list of the tools, uh, the coping skills um, that might help with that, I'm happy to do that. Give us a couple tools; would be great. Okay. Well, the one one fast thing you can do is to slow your breathing down, deep breathe, and breathe out three times longer than you've inhaled. This makes it impossible to panic. And it helps ah. to bring parasympathetic online. I'm doing it right um, now. It's fabulous. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and if you sort of tighten your stomach muscles as you breathe out, so that you really get all the air out. Um, so you're, and then the tapping, the EFT tapping immediately helps to create that relaxation response um, and calm down that the, the amygdala, that part of the brain. Um, also, um, I understand that you are going to be more easily overwhelmed and overstimulated. To, so try to keep your more control over your environment or what you're exposing yourself to. You are going to need more rest, more sleep. It's, um, uh, it's really great if you meditate. Um, not med- especially mindfulness meditation has tremendous uh, benefits for your brain. Uh, you're eating you know, good brain food and those healthy fats, omega-3s, coconut oil. Um, a water drink is really important. Make sure oh, yeah. got got no fluoride in it, and that you know you stay really hydrated. So alkaline water is really good. Um, and uh, there's um, PEMF devices; they're really helpful. Uh, and the one thing I want to really share is the heart rate variability. This is um, something that they've learned more about recently, and it's it's a way to help um, regulate that autonomic nervous system. Um, it's basically the number of um, the space between your heartbeat. And the more variability you have, usually the calmer you are and the, the more resilient you are. There are some really good apps you can download onto your phone. It basically takes you through, you kind of follow a little ball and it, and it helps you regulate your breathing in a way that helps to increase your heart rate variability. So you have more flexibility and you're more able to cope with stressors. So well, if like, someone would go on the internet and look for apps for that, what would they search for? Um, okay, the one I like is um, it's 
let me just pull it up on my phone. Obviously, um, there, you there, don't sell it. You didn't manufacture this, but this is a tool that you use. <laughs> That's right. I get, there is no financial company. Right, exactly. Here. <laughs> it's called Heart Rate Plus with the plus sign, and it has Great. a picture of a heart with the word coherence with a little bleep as if it's an EKG on the, on the picture of the app. Um, but you can also buy um, like a, a, a heart monitor. I mean, they say that's more accurate than these ones that measure your pulse with your finger, which is what this one does. Right. There's a heart monitor chest strap you can buy, and there's an app that goes with that called Elite HRV app. Right. Elite, E-L-I-T-E HRV app. And that's maybe a more accurate way to do it. Um, but heart rate variability is a really, I think, important tool for somebody who's brain injured to help with that, um, getting them out of anxiety and, and sympathetic dominance. Um, there's also a really cool tool uh, that was invented by um, Robert Dennis. He's the original guy who created PEMF devices for NASA. And he's got a website called corticometrics.com. Uh, and he's invented something amazing. It's called the Brain Gauge. And what the Brain Gauge does is it's, um, it looks like a little mouse, but it's actually a finger sensor. And it's a cognitive assessment tool that measures brain health by testing the sensory perceptions on your fingertips. It just looks like a little mouse, but it's actually so much more. And it's amazing because he's really tried to make sure this is um, something affordable for all people. You can even rent it for like $19 a month, I think. And it's called the Brain Gauge. And his website, again, no financial compensation. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. <laughs> it's uh, www.porticalmetrics.com. Perfect. Uh, C-O-R-T-I-C-A-L-M-E-T-R-I-C-S. Um, and that, that, I mean, think about having something at your fingertips, literally, that's yeah. going to tell you whether or not that supplement you're taking is working and improving your brain health, whether those brain exercises you're doing, whether the, the, the emotional therapy you're doing is helping. Uh, it tells you what's improving your brain health and what's not helping. So because you can literally gauge your progress. And I think that's also something that helps people stay a lot more motivated when they can get that kind of immediate feedback on the progress that they're making. That's why I think this invention is just phenomenal. Wow. Um, this is great stuff. You know, I was going to ask you, but I think you just already did it kind of intuitively with our, with our discussion. Is I was going to ask your advice for people who are basically back on track in life. Uh, from your therapy and obviously from the physical therapy that they get from brain healing, what would you suggest if it's repetitive? Great. Well, what would you suggest of the three to four things that they constantly keep in practice for a brain healthy life after they've gone through the brain healing? Well, I think it takes us right back to those, those four areas of the psychological, the social, the spiritual, and the biological ah, that perfect. we were talking about earlier. Um, so all of those suggestions uh, about uh, getting more parasympathetic dominance, staying connected socially, um, spiritually, having some sort of a practice. And the, thing that, the one thing that I haven't mentioned is I think really important. I've just been doing a lot more research on it recently especially for brain health, is um, watching your exposure to EMF, to electromagnetic fields. Um, there is a lot of suppressed information about this, but there are so many studies now that it is conclusive that it, it's doing all kinds of negative things to our mitochondria and to our brain. And apparently this 5G that they've rolled out, because 1, 2, 3, and 4G weren't 
you know, we, we, we couldn't stream our videos fast enough. Exactly. Up. So, so now we got this 5G, and it's basically like living in a bi-directional microwave device. Yeah. Because it's, and it is affecting our, our, our mitochondria, the cell, and all the cells in our body and in our brains. And it's, it's going right through the blood-brain barrier. Uh, I think that's probably why we do have so much more autism and younger, the younger they are, the more they're on all of these devices and getting that also not just the EMF, but the blue light. That's a single spectrum light. We're supposed to be out in the sunlight with the full spectrum of electromagnetic spectrum, not just a single way blue light that we're staring at all day. Um, and so I do have some mitigations for that that I would like to suggest. Um, First, getting early morning sunlight, like sun, sunrise to about 11 o'clock, you're getting those inf- more infrareds and reds, which are very healing for your body. And that also will help you if you are exposed to more blue light later in the day. Um, you can put things on your computer like Flux or Iris. Um, those help to mitigate the blue light on your um, computer screen. You can walk on the beach, like in the water that's rounding. That, that helps you also mitigate your having been exposed to a lot of, uh, you know, electromagnetic frequencies or fluorescent lights and, and all that blue light uh, toxicity. Um, you can also um, make sure you kind of educate yourself on this so that you really understand what it's doing to our bodies and our brains because we can't see it and we can't feel it. Right. So it's hard for us to believe it exists. Let's let's think, hey, everybody's doing it. They all look fine. But why do we have real rampant problems with uh, autoimmune diseases and um, emotional disorders and depression and anxiety? I think something is going on with this. Um, Dr. Jack Krause, who is a neurosurgeon, um, he predicted that when they rolled out 5G uh, at the last um, Super Bowl, that there would be more concussions, and there were. And there were. It makes, <laughs> wow, it makes us that's more, crazy. It makes us more vulnerable to um, brain injury. It's so crazy because, you know, people, we, we were a society of, I can't feel it, I can't see it, I can't taste it, I'm okay. And all of a sudden, you exactly. can't feel it or taste it or, 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 you know, see it again. It's just like they think they're okay. But you're, you're just, you hit it so much on the head about the correlation of the generation of, of abnormal issues that we've never had before. And it's a high correlation. So this is great that you mentioned this in a very strong and educated way that people should research on their own and, and then take in their own hands. It's fabulous. Yeah, um, and, that, and that also connects to leaky gut health, too. Did you know that within three hours of a traumatic brain injury, um, you can get actually get leaky gut? I mean, most people believe you had to be, like, eating uh, GMOs and gluten for 10 years to get leaky gut. But actually, all if all the blood is going to your extremities and you don't have that vagal nerve, that, that parasympathetic is offline, um, your food doesn't move through your system anymore, and that slows down, and you you get leaky gut, which leads to autoimmune diseases. And electromagnetic frequencies um, are also, I think, causing leaky gut and autoimmune problems. So oh, we're, all, we're big believers. Big believers of happy gut, happy brain. Totally, yeah. totally on that. It's your it's your second brain for sure. Most of your yeah. neurotransmitters and your immune system are in your gut. This is great. Um, yeah, I think we covered a lot here. Did you have fun? I had a lot of fun, yeah. This is great, like, thank you. It's my favorite subject, talking about I know it is, it's all too. <laughs> thank you for taking time to uh, really educate our listeners today. Um, 
you know, I'm going to close up here because this is just so enlightening. There's a lot of stuff here. And hopefully our listeners will rewind some of this podcast and listen again because of great stuff. And, and, and being the only nonprofit in the country dedicated to brain healing and sports-related concussions, we have so much work to do. And to inform our listeners, inform our recipients, and to have wonderful uh, doctors on board like uh, Dr. Kathleen Bowe just to help us with our, with our recipients uh, to take another brain healing journey or their first brain healing journey with, with the right tools. It's, it's professionals like you that make us have great hope in what we're doing, and this is why we set it up. So having the ability to really affect what we call this invisible injury with the right tools is giving their life back. So we thank you for allowing us to, to be a part of our, what we're doing and giving their pe- keeping people their life back. So, again, your time today is very valuable. So thanks again, Dr. Mojis. Um Thank you. And I'd like to make sure everyone knows how to get to get a hold of Dr. Mojis, just in case uh, you want to get a hold of her one-on-one or talk more about her experience and expertise. Um, you can go to her website, uh, drkathleenmojis.com, uh, drkathleenmojis.com. Uh, and also you can Google Dr. Kathleen Mojis uh, for many recent videos or chats. She's very prominent on Google with all the things she's done nationally. Or you can email her at drm at relationshiptrauma.com. That's drm at relationshiptrauma.com. And read her blogs also. Uh, phenomenal information there. Um, this is truly a timely and what we call a brainiac discussion. And we love these brainiac discussions because they're very real to our recipients in sports-related concussions. And there's not enough information to help people get their brain journey on with confidence and less emotions. You just help us do that. Before we end, I want to make sure that we share with our listeners two items, uh, the onehitaway.org website for more of this information in our podcast, and also our motto at One Hit Away Foundation is uh, One Hit Away Understands Your Brain Can Change Your Game. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Mode. We call Dr. Mode, excuse me, Dr. Mojis, and uh, <laughs> we appreciate everything and his expertise. Have a wonderful day. And, thank you, uh, and we'll thank, you for all, thank you for all the great work you guys are doing at One Hit Away. It's, it's phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a good evening. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.